Miss Lakita, if she would give us our opening prayer. Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this Sabbath day. We ask, Lord, that as we study your word, that you would give us wisdom and understanding and help us, Lord, to do and apply all of the words that you give us. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and for the spirit of God that is with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, again, glad everybody's tuned in. We're on chapter nine, and this is talking about the Garden of Eden being restored uh, after Christ returns, and then we return back to the earth. So it uh, says restored even more gloriously. So if you can imagine, Eden was called the garden of paradise. So can you imagine anything more glorious than paradise? In the first paragraph, it says, the fallen race were long permitted to gaze upon the home of innocence, their entrance barred only by the watching angels. At the cherubim guarded gate of paradise, the divine glory was revealed. So a lot of times, you know, many people don't know what happened to the Garden of Eden? They just think it was destroyed in a flood. In the flood, and there is even more people who don't realize that the Garden of Eden wasn't taken up immediately after Adam sinned, but for quite some time. Doesn't say how long, but for some time, the people on Earth could still see it. They just couldn't go in there. It was barred by angels with flaming swords, so they couldn't go back in. But they could look at it and say, "Wow, that's where we used to be. That's where we could." could have been at, but now here we are. So what do y'all think about that, being able to look at Eden, but not able to go in? <coughs> I would just be reminded of how hard-headed I was and how, <laughs> wow, I wish I could have made a better choice. Hmm. Interesting. I know I'm late, sorry. No problem, glad you tuned in. Anybody else? Yeah, I think I would feel like Alvina felt too that, you know, every day it's a reminder, especially if I was Adam or Eve, every day it's a reminder what I could have had. Uh, what you had and could have still had. Mm -hmm. and just being able to see it, you know, it's like when you was a little kid looking in the ice cream store, but your parents didn't have any money. <laughs> you know, you was just hoping and praying some miracle could happen that you could get some ice cream. Uh, but that wasn't going to happen with Eden because it was blocked by the angels and they weren't allowing them to come back in. So it's a little further down. It says when the tide of iniquity overspread the world and the wickedness of men determined their destruction by a flood, then what happened to the garden of Eden? What does it say? Where are we? I'm sorry. First paragraph, halfway down. 81. And they had planted Eden, withdrew it from the earth. It was withdrawn from the earth. Yeah, we're in chapter 9, paragraph 77.1. Oh, I was thinking of Karen. <laughs> All right. Different book. Yes. Uh, Lakita, repeat what you said. It was withdrawn from the earth. What do you mean withdrawn? Taken up, taken away. It was it's not here on earth anymore. Yeah. So God removed it before the flood. So when people think, oh, the flood must have destroyed it, no, that's not true. God removed it and took it to heaven. So it's very interesting when you read about that. Uh, because as I said earlier, most people never even thought about what happened to it. They just assumed that it was destroyed in the flood. But here the servant of the Lord 
uh, God has shown her that no, that's not what happened, but that he withdrew it and took it back to heaven with him. And then it says it's to be restored even more gloriously adorned than the way it was at first. So we don't even know what it looked like. Does, had anybody ever thought of what the Garden of Eden might have looked like? Anybody ever thought of what it might have looked like? Yes. Like what? Like botanical garden, but a, a billion times better. <laughs> That's a good example. The botanical gardens are very pretty. I agree to disagree. Anybody else have any thoughts? No. It looked like. I just think it was very lovely, and nothing ever died. So you didn't see anything brown or dead, or you know, and 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 livable. It wasn't too hot, wasn't too humid, wasn't too anything. You know, not too violent. You no. Know? Yeah, no violence. Yeah, I can only imagine how beautiful the flowers and the vines and plants. And, and then, yeah, and then this says it's going to be even more beautifully, you know, beautiful than it was when Adam was there. Mm. No, no gnats in it, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't the gnats be there and they just wouldn't be like annoying you? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we can't even imagine what it might have looked like. But if you've ever seen a, a person drawing a painting, an uh, artist doing a painting, they do the sketch first. Sometimes they'll do a sketch, but they'll do the sketch. Then they might draw it with charcoal pencil or whatever. But then when they actually put the final paint on it, it's more beautiful than at first. So think maybe uh, also when we had the old type TVs, black and white, now you got these high def TVs that look so much better, you know, so the Garden of Eden is going to look even better than it was at the beginning. In the next paragraph, 78.1, it says, the Garden of Delight was a sample of the perfect work of God's creation, perfect, right from God's hand, untouched by the curse of sin. And that garden was a sample of what the whole earth could have been had man just fulfilled the creator's plan and not sinned. So we could have been living in the Garden of Eden, literally, on the whole planet. Yes, maybe not. Not have been wonderful. Except for someone's admiring hatred for the human race. What'd you say, Alvina? I thought some of us might have not been here had they obeyed. <laughs> well, now you got a point there. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because there wouldn't have been no children born out of wedlock. Yeah. How you know uh, I was born out of wedlock? I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say nothing about you. Mm -hmm. I was. Uh, well, I don't know about that, Alvina. Maybe none of us would have been here. Yeah. Or maybe we all would have still been here. Who mm -hmm. knows? Wouldn't that have been cramped? Now, this too on the uh, paragraph 78.3, it says another scene opens to his view. This is talking about Moses. Uh, before Moses went across or uh, didn't get to go to the promised land, he saw it, but then God gave him a greater vision of his second coming. And it says another scene opened to Moses' view, and that was the earth freed from the curse of sin, lovelier than the land of promise that was spread out before him. 
So the Israelites out of slavery were just looking for the promised land. And when they got to see it, it was the most beautiful thing to their eyes. But God didn't allow Moses to go into the promised land. Why was that? Because, because he, was he had sinned. He didn't yeah. let that generation go at all. Yeah, so he didn't get to go to that promised land, but he went to heaven, which is a promised land, more lovelier and more than the fair land of promise they looked at. And if you've seen uh, pictures of the, the country of Israel, some parts of it are real pretty, but some parts are just a desert, you know. But if you've been enslaved your whole life, then even a desert of freedom looks beautiful. So they saw that, but even more lovely than that was the scene that God allowed Moses to see. Uh, Look on, let's go to 78.4 where it says, Eden shall bloom again. When Eden shall bloom on earth again, God's law of love will be obeyed by everyone beneath the sun. So once he brings the garden back to this earth, then as I said, it's gonna be restored to even greater glory and the plants and the flowers will be blooming again and everything that was lost by sin will be restored, not only man, but the earth itself is redeemed. Uh, what does the Bible say is going to happen to the earth when Christ returns? What's going to happen? What was your question? I'm sorry. When Christ returns, what's going to happen to the earth? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is it's going to burn up. Oh, well, wait a minute. Which time? The, the second time or the third time? Well, that's what I'm talking about, that he's going to purify it by fire. Oh, okay. So the third time. Okay. Alvina, what were you saying? When he comes the second time, it's going to be earthquakes and tornadoes. The world going to be turned upside down when he comes the second time, right? Yeah. Uh, says uh, paragraph 78.5, not only man will be restored, but the earth is going to be restored. I'm on the third time, right? I'm confused now. Which time are you talking about? When After the purification of the earth. Oh, the third time. Okay. Yeah, by fire. So it says, for 6,000 years, Satan has struggled to maintain possession of the earth. Where's the 6,000 years come from? The beginning, the, in, the, in the beginning to now. How do you know? How do you know 6,000? Wait a sec. Because when we, when we count the time prophecies in the Bible, that's what we get. Yeah. I thought it was a billion and two years old. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, when you, uh, and, and our our standard is God's holy Bible. So when we count, as said, when you count back the years, and you can also look at <clears throat> historical dates too in the history books, the, the earth is only about 6,000 years old. So when you hear people talking about millions and billions, they're really just guessing and it's flawed sci science. So what we count on is God's word. And when you count back uh, by who was, which king was reigning for this amount of time, which king was before that, when did this occur, et cetera, this is around 6,000 years total. But Satan has continued to struggle to maintain possession of the earth but then the saints of the most high should take the kingdom and possess it forever and ever, according to Daniel 7, 18. And it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever. What does that sentence 
say to you as a Christian. It's in halfway in paragraph 79.1. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Settled in heaven. His commandments are sure they stand fast wherever and ever. What does that mean to you personally? That the, com the commandments are um, rock solid. Mm -hmm. They were, they are, and they will be. Just like, just like God himself, he says, I am. And so the commandments are like that, I am. And they're a transcript of his character. So they have to be past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. Anyone else, what does that, those verses mean to you? Just what she said. I can't even take, come up with nothing else. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> I can trust God. I can trust him that he's not going to change his mind on me. That the way he is is the way it is. It's, it's, he's, he doesn't change. So we can trust him. We can trust God. He does not going to change the requirements to come to heaven. You know, you're not going to get halfway through. You finally understand sanctification and righteousness. And then he changes the plan. He's not going to do that. He is the same. Mm -hmm. Same forever, yesterday, and forever. Mm -hmm. And to me, it says that when people come that, saying when that people come away, it's changed or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. believe that. God's commandments are sure, and they are forever. And they, there's no changes that's going to happen because of it. Mm -hmm. No matter what a person says, and we know that uh, people are going to be trying to to uh, deceive us. We know the devil's job is to deceive us. And we have to just stand on the word of God and say, no, his, his commandments have not been done away with. His commandments have not changed. The Holy Sabbath day has not changed. Mm -hmm. Just have to put all of our faith in that and know that God never changes as Lakita was saying. So there will be tough times. And at some point you just have to say, I believe and that settles it. I believe in God's word, regardless of what anybody can supposedly prove to me otherwise. I don't see how they would say anything changed. You still, murder still wrong, stealing still wrong. You know what I'm saying? So why the Sabbath got to be a different thing? <laughs> That's always the question, ain't it? Yeah, and, and it's not going to be easy. Some We don't want to get the idea that, oh, you know, it's going to be easy. I can deal with it because people be very persuasive and of course the devil is a deceiver even you know if he could he would deceive the saints of god you know which is why we have to stay prayed up we have to continue to study god's word and to study his prophecies and believe in his prophets so shall we be established and so shall we prosper uh, so don't think it's going to be easy it's like if you're going to run a race you want to practice to be ready for the race don't assume that you can just do it with ease, but do your workout, do your practice, you know, get out there and know what's coming and be prepared for it. We have to do that in a spiritual way. All right. Yeah, because something, something hard come along. You want to just run and hide. I can't take it. You ain't going to make it to the end. We don't like, oh, no, They're going to kill me. Oh, OK. I'll just act like this <laughs> just so I live. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly right. Now, does anybody on have a garden at home or some plants or anything? Alvina, you have a, some plants at home, garden? 
No, I don't. They're not mine. They're outside the building. They don't belong to me. And they haven't bloomed yet. Not yet, but spring just today is first day of spring, right? Uh, Karen, do you guys have a garden? Okay, do you? Yeah, oh, well, you we have, have a garden. garden. We have flowers. Yeah. So it says in this uh, 79.1, as the earth brings forth her bud and as a garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth. So the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. So those of us who have seeds, you know, it's very interesting to watch seeds grow and how the buds come forth. In fact, we had uh, we had planted something. I forget what type of plant it was. Uh, one of those, it was a e one that's kind of easy to grow. But it was the first time that I actually saw a plant growing each day. And it was kind of scary because you put it <laughs> in the ground and then the next morning you wake up and it's an inch tall. <laughs> <laughs> and the next morning it's two inches tall. And I'm thinking, wow, this thing is wrap around you in your sleep. Yeah, this thing's alive, you know, and then I'm thinking, this thing could take over. So. <laughs> because it's just kind of an amazing thing to see a plant growing. And I think most of us did, um, I don't know, I'm sure y'all did the little thing in what kindergarten or first grade where you put a bean inside the mm -hmm. yeah bean yeah. or sweet potato yeah yep. and you can actually see the bud growing forth and then the seeds starting to spring into life and that's what god is saying he's going to do for righteousness and praise so that uh we can all uh, sing his praises before all the nations it's very interesting i i think gardens are an example of God's miraculous life-giving power. Yeah, my son started um, a above-ground garden. He started a couple of them. And uh, yeah, it is kind of amazing to just watch stuff grow and you know that it's the life-giver that is doing it. Mm. You know, the creator is yep. doing that. And, and, and how, depending on what seed you plant, that's what you're going to get. I mean, it's just so detailed and so specific that, you know, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna plant a a, a a watermelon seed and and get an orange or whatever. You know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is a good the Big Bang had nothing to do with that. That was God <laughs> doing. Yep. Which is a good example of the uh, scripture: "As a man soweth, shall, so shall he reap." Mm -hmm. What you plant is what's going to grow. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I like that you pointed out that it's God that makes seeds grow. It's not the fertilizers. Not Scott's lawn services. It's God that allows that seed to grow. Right. He's put life in it, and is just like He's put life in us, and He ex expects us to grow and to bud and to flower and to give out fragrance to all that are around us. Which you see in the Bible, a lot of analogies to plants, like the fig tree. You know, mm -hmm. it's very important to remember it's God that gives us life. And he's expecting fruit from us. So on 79.2, Adam sees Eden again. It says, when the faithful dead are resurrected and the king of glory opens before them, the city, the gates of the city of God and the nations enter in. What beauty and glory will meet the astonished sight of those who have seen no greater beauty in the earth than that which they beheld in decaying nature after the threefold curse was upon the earth. 
So that's talking about us because we've only seen the earth in its cursed uh, position, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all we've seen. We weren't in the Garden of Eden, so we don't know what a perfect garden looks like. Uh, we just see the sin-filled garden. And even now, nature is still beautiful, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, what's, what's one of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen in terms of nature? Anybody want to share? What's one of the most beautiful things you've seen in nature? I don't know if you've been to the Grand Canyon or the, the ocean or what. But I mean, I've, I've seen them on pictures. I think those oceans are beautiful when it goes for miles and miles and uh, the Grand Canyon and the mountain top with snow on the top and the waterfalls. I think that's so beautiful. Mm hmm. Anyone else? Oh, I've seen uh, was pictures of it. Haven't gone to see it yet. But uh, the the double rainbows over Victoria Falls in uh, Africa. Mm hmm. And it's like, you you know, like two or three rainbows over the falls. Hmm. Yeah, I think Holly saw that she went to Victoria Falls. Oh, wow. Africa is still a beautiful country, even though it's been ravaged by pirates and pillagers. Mm -hmm. beautiful place. Lakita, what's the most beautiful nature thing in nature you've seen? When I'm out fishing with my sweeping, I look over at him. <laughs> we talk about nature. You are out in nature. Plants and stuff. <laughs> um, fishing beautiful to you? Okay. <laughs> fishing is awesome. It's, that's some of the beautiful sights from fishing. Um, <laughs> What you be doing with the catfish? You be fishing, catching. <laughs> I don't catch catfish, not too much. Uh, I throw fish back anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, no. When I go, uh, and we went to, was it Miami? We were there. That was Florida. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. What, which area were we in? Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. But where did we stay at? We wouldn't stay in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, did we? We stayed in West Palm Beach. Oh, yeah. Palm Beach. Uh, by the ocean on the on well, the. I can't charge it in here. It was so beautiful. That was beautiful to me. Especially at sunset, it's nice. Yeah, it was. You know, and I'm with you, Alvina. Oceans are beautiful to me. Oceans, rivers, lakes. I've always liked water. Uh, we went to Hawaii. That was the most beautiful place. Everywhere you looked, it was beautiful. Trees, flowers, plants, animals, birds. Everywhere you looked, it was just so beautiful and so peaceful. And I was imagining that might be how the Garden of Eden was to Adam and Eve, just uh, beautiful and full of peace. And yeah, but why you say peace? That would be all they known anyway. They haven't known anything otherwise, maybe after the garden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe it's their normal way of being. Right. So and that's what I was We know turmoil. That's what I was saying. It felt like in Hawaii because it was just so peaceful. It's amazing. So even in a sinful state, the earth is still beautiful. Now, I did mention the threefold curse on the earth. Did anybody have time to look that up? What the fold curse was upon the earth? No. Nope. Anybody? I know it says it's going to bring thorns and thistles and in the sweat of your brow, you're going to be making a living. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. I wanted to look look that up and see why I said threefold curse. And I guess child, sweat and bristle. childbirth would be painful. 
It must be something else. I'll look it up. Yeah, so it's impossible to even to describe how joyful Adam is uh, going to be when he sees Garden of Eden, his happy home. And everyone, uh, it also mentioned that Adam looks at the flowers and trees of every description for fruit and beauty, and that he was the one that named them, named all the plants and the animals. And I thought it was interesting, someone had mentioned that he actually named them the Latin name for them, which I'm not sure, I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> he gave all the animals names and gave all the plants and trees names. And that was when he saw the animals you know, that he said, hey, everybody's got someone but me, you know, because he was looking at all the animals, having other animals there with them. So we're on looking at the point three. What'd you say, Alvina? I'm saying he saw the female gnat and the male gnat. I'm like, hmm, I don't have a mate. It's a gnat. Huh? Uh, says then when Adam beholds the widespread tree of life with its extended branches and glowing fruit and to him again is granted access to the tree of life, his gratitude is boundless. Why, would, why do you think Adam's gratitude is boundless when he sees the tree of life and the garden? Why do you think he's, he's showing so much gratitude? Because he was kept back from the tree of life because of his transgression. So now he has access to it now. What exactly does gratitude mean? Thankfulness. Happiness. Thankfulness. Mm -hmm. All those things. Gratefulness. So he, like you said, he was there in the garden with the tree. And then because of sin, he couldn't get access to it. But now here it is again. So he's just so thankful that, again, he has access to the garden and to the tree of life. And first of all, he gives glory to who? God, the Father. Yeah, gives glory, uh, gives, he bows at the feet of the king of glory, and then everyone sings, worthy, worthy is the lamb. It says that at the last paragraph, Adam lost Eden by disobeying the commandments of God. He has now regained the lovely garden by what? How did he get back to the garden? By repentance and faithful obedience. Then it says the curse rested upon him for disobedience. And now the blessing is upon him for his obedience. And the thing I liked in there is that shows the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of God and how he wants what's best for all of us. And that no matter what mistake we make, God is a loving and forgiving God. I believe you even mentioned in Sabbath school this morning, Alvina, that we can be forgiven for any sin other than the unpardonable sin, grieving the Holy Spirit away. So that's something that we want to keep in mind. Uh, sometimes we fall to sin, fall to uh, temptation, but don't ever give up because God never gives up on us. He's always waiting for us to return to him, to repent from our sins and to seek his face once again just like with Adam, and you can't count time because, look, Adam was the very first human being, and then here he is in God's kingdom at the last. So it's not a matter of time. God's not bound by time and space like we are. So even then, don't think about how much time you've been doing wrong or how long, how long you've been on earth because none of that matters to the Lord. 
He just wants our heart. He wants our faithful commitment to him and our allegiance to him. And he's promised through his son, Jesus Christ, that we can all have salvation through his, through his grace and through his glory. So uh, always keep your eyes up. We, right now we're in a pandemic and going through some tough times, not able to be around our family and friends and loved ones, not able to be at our jobs like we used to be, not able to get out and around and people that we love are getting sick and dying. But don't ever give up because God's mercy is forever. And God has a way out of this. When we don't see a way, God has thousands of ways. So let's keep our faith and our dependence and trust on him. And then we too will have that opportunity to see Eden restored in the, new, in the kingdom made new with the Lord. Amen. Any final thoughts on a, that chapter? It was a short chapter, but it's just a reminder of the blessings God has in store for us. Anyone else? Okay, well, we'll end up early today. And uh, next week, Karen's got, again, in testimonies. Let's see. what Testimonies, chapter 81. Wait a minute. Chapter 82. 82. Yeah, patent rights. Interesting. Testimony for the church, chapter 82, patent mm -hmm. rights. Okay. So we'll close out our live session uh, with prayer, and then we can uh, hang on and see what's going on locally. So let's uh, close out our live session with prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you for blessed word that you've given us throughout this day. We thank you for, for our divine service. We thank you for discipleship class. We thank you for the other programs that are coming up. Lord, we ask and pray that you'll help us to be ready when you return. Uh, bless us with your Holy Spirit's presence, dear Lord, and prepare us for your soon coming. In the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. So, Amen. So, Okay, so I looked up that verse. Are we off now? <laughs> no. Lee, 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 are we finished? Yeah, we're done with the live stream. <laughs>